But yeah, I'm a firm believer if there's a sign of place Someone did that something. seems like obvious, like, hey, don't, you know, whatever, cut this electrical wire. Well, then clearly somebody Someone did, did it, and that's why we put a sign there. Oh, man. And probably won a lawsuit because we're dumber than Europe. <laughs> we're dumber than Europe. <laughs> yeah, Europe doesn't put signs on, like, anything, like, obvious because their legal system is more like, well... You should have got known. too close to the thing. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and our legal system is like, well, if nobody told you you couldn't, it's okay to eat as many pennies as you want. It's like, no, it's not, guys. You're an American. Fill your stomach with iron and go get an MRI. <laughs> exactly. Like, nobody put on the MRI machine not to do it, so you're allowed. Uh, uh, just to be clear, that person's not collecting that settlement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that, that's their family. That is definitely that's going to a beneficiary. <laughs> The podcast where we talk about fantastical worlds, their finances, and what that means for those fantastical worlds. I'm one of your hosts, Liz. I'm Damon. And I'm Dan. And we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to keep going. No, I am. Nothing happened in the previous two episodes. Oh, not that. I was talking, I think Liz was talking about the intro. Oh. I was, but also don't talk about how bad the previous two episodes sound was. Well, unless we switch up the order, in which case time is weird. In which case time is a flat circle. Yes. (laughs) Go on. I do have an issue, though, with the intro. Uh-oh. You're doing it good. You're actually nailing it pretty good. The only thing before you codify it, I don't want fantastical. Let's go fictional. Fictional. The reason is we're doing How I Met Your Mother. Sure. Spoilers. I mean, it's fantastical. That they can afford that apartment, yes. But other than that, like it's not like there's dragons and magic. It's fictional. I mean it's not fantastical. The idea that any character just like Barney would have that good of a track record with women seems are you kidding? I feel like Neil Patrick Harris could do that no, no, tomorrow. No, no. Neil Patrick Harris, should he become interested in women, would have pick of the flock. But Barney Stinson, Stinson, Stinson. yes, Stinson would not. That's fair. You gotta hope women have self esteem. We generally do. He does <laughs> exist uh, hidden by a veil of seemingly endless disposable income, though. I guess there's a certain subset of people who would be into that. There's Not necessarily that they're people. into it, just that like you can obscure a lot of faults yeah. if you can a throw enough money at a problem. Away. <laughs> yeah. Under under layers of money bricks. Yeah. Um, cool. So that all said, what are we talking about today, Dan? So specifically, well, we're talking about how I met your mother. Good. Himyum, if you will. Himyum. It's been a very terrible lip smack, and I apologize if anybody <laughs> heard it. It's Hopefully a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you think the pop right filter there. did enough. I'm it's so sorry. Just a windscreen, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to talk about how much hypothetically Lily's credit card debt is. Okay. So. Do we need someone to sum that up? Like, what's going on what's there? What's going on? Um, what, would I want to do ratings? Yeah, and we then, probably kind of do them at the same-ish time yeah, or do one than the other. It doesn't sure. really matter. I can fold mine in because I I mean, Go we're ahead. probably pretty even on this. Probably. Um, you want to start? Sure, I can. Uh, so How I Met My Mother is like, it's definitely my friends, I think, as a series. Oh. Uh, 
<laughs> they are not my friends. I know none of those I people. I know them all. And don't dissuade me that I'm not insane. I was a very lonely <laughs> child. <laughs> no, but like I think that uh, in the way that people slightly older than me got really obsessed with friends. Um, obsessed is wrong. I really enjoyed the show while it was airing. You've um, watched it multiple times over. Twice, at least, I think. Um, and that's not counting like uh, the odd airing like something just comes on or something's just on or like i watched a bunch of it before like streaming was available but i've like netflix streamed two solid viewings of the show i think That's um but uh you know i thought th- i think that i think it is a formula that there's like a generational thing for like every couple of years there's one that kind of hits you know like i think new girl was the same show like immediately following it mm-hmm. and i have kind of lost sight of like what that show might be right now as new girl is like wrapping up it's it's time the good place no well maybe i like the good I place but i don't think it's the same it's thing. not the yeah. same thing because that's got like its own shtick like this is just Friends a group of people out. hanging out growing older together like life in pieces no, that's a family, though. Yeah. There might that's, be, I mean, you could argue... I mean, that's kind of tangential, New Girl, but you could argue maybe Modern Family. See, so that's also a family. Pieces. Like, I think it's something about being, like, young... Just random young friends. Rundi- young random people figuring out the, like, Happy start of their life. Are we old? We're very old. Is this us learning we're old? Or just learned I think we're old, because I don't know what the new friends is. Yeah. yeah. The little gem in my hand is about to go off. I've got very little time left to be yeah. culturally relevant. We are no longer taste. You are certainly no longer a tastemaker. Rude. <laughs> oh boy, that was oh, that was rude. oddly singled out. Like I knew you meant because of you age, but you really. Oh, you what? specifically. You you crone. You might as well be dead. <laughs> You've lost all your power. Dan will follow you in about a year, and then I'll be behind him in about six months. Carry on my legacy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know what's out there right now, but I think that there's always one happening at any given time. Sure. Um, that said, I think I would rate my Stranger Things. No, <laughs> I would rate my like uh, rating for How I Met Your Mother at large is like a seven. Like uh, you know, I enjoyed the show quite a bit. I get the like overall thesis of it, but like it finished like six years ago, and like I've also aged six years, and the show is very much aged six years. And it was a fine. It was a fine thing to enjoy while it was coming out. You know, I think it'd get made now. I had a recent rewatch. The premise of it. clearly, but I think the premise, that yeah. But like with the Barney being the way he is, and like I don't. I just like I. So I'll, I'll seem. I'll I'll let you guys think about it while I go into my ratings because I'm saying the same way. I watched a lot of it when it came out, if not all of it. I've watched it at least once all the way through on on Netflix when it was on and like probably twice and then I have some random viewing. So I'm probably right in that same six or seven. It's been a while since I watched it and like it's aged, I've aged. But I mean, I know the format, I know the characters, I know the gist, like I get it. But when I was most recently rewatching it, it was recent enough that I was like, would this get made? Mm-hmm. I was watching just some episode where Barney was a total skis ball to women and like da 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 da. And I was like, I just don't like I it's funny, but it's pushing it. See, like it's definitely pushing it. Here's what I think about that. Uh, not to cut your rating off. No, please. Um, well, I, well, I was just going to say I was like, sorry, I was like in that seven ish range with Damon. That's oh, all sure. My rating would end up. In. That's a pretty fair amount. Um, it just makes me think of like 
I think it depends on the who the audience is intended to be because like I think if the audience is intended to be like millennials or younger like whatever set of age group now that would be aimed at I imagine it would be a, a bit different if not totally different because I mm. think the, like the things that we're asking for of our media or at least the people who are actually tastemakers unlike me the dried up wizened old woman um they are asking for more complexity from their characters, I think. Uh-huh. But I think that what you see from sitcom television still today can be very, like... Uh, Formulaic. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the way that the Big Bang Theory characters behave towards each other, it's like... Like, there's not... Uh, I mean, there's arguments... There's not, like, about- the pathos there that people expect from characters that are on newer versions of media, Yeah, I think. And I think that, like, that goes back to, I think, a few episodes back I brought this up, that there's this, like, theory that we are returning to sincerity in our media. Yeah, you did. I don't remember what episode that was, but you talked about it. But I imagine that, like, whatever this show would be today would be closer to the chest. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. a lot less broad strokes comedy. Yeah, it's a not little, that I know a lot. I'll, I'll give my rating. It's a two. That's fair. I've seen like three episodes. It's a little <laughs> compartmentalized because there are definitely some like heart to heart and like honest things. It's just very compartmentalized where that's like some characters have that, some don't, and it's like you can go long stretches without seeing it. So I think you're right. There would be more of it, but it's not like it's totally devoid of that. Sure. Yeah, like I think that it would be similar but i think that things would be more almost be more on the nose of like we are writing this character not necessarily to be a villain but to be punished for bad behavior mm-hmm. in a way or like he kind of has a not a messed up but like he has a little bit of a troubled childhood and i think they might dwell more on like the cause and effect of just like instead of like He's got a weird childhood, and also he's a this. It'd be like this directly informs this behavior, maybe or something like some deeper looks. Yeah, which like I think that, but again, uh, I, you know, I mean, part of the problem with television is that it's so much about like you write what you are allowed to write, like in the moment that it's happening. Well, no, just so, like you know, that show had earned a season in order oh. to earn a second season. Yeah. And like, sure. you know, well, you only get to spend that amount of time with the characters so long as it keeps earning its bread. So like... Tell the story. And when it comes to television, right, you, for the most part, especially 22-minute television, maybe hour long is a little different, but like, you have to start every episode at the same place you ended last episode. Right. You yeah. can have certain things, but like, like, there's very rare that you're like, you start and it's like you had to have seen the episode before. It happens. There's season enders. There's this and that. But like for the most part, if you think about 22-minute television, you should be able to just come up on, in this case, the bar and have to know nothing else about you, what happened the episode before. You're yeah. right. And that's like not how we make TV anymore no, so much. TV has changed in a major way over the last seven to ten years-ish. Not to dig too deep down the rabbit hole because I feel like we've already gone off on a really big tangent, but sure. I think part of that is because there's been a shift away from cinema and into television with streaming that like yeah. the storytelling mode has changed. Well, Netflix can make a 10 episode, 10 hour, really interesting thing without like a putting a lot of money behind it and it doesn't have to go to the movies and it doesn't have right. to do whatever to do well. So. Oh yeah. And you remember when like when we were kids and like mini series came out and they were like a big event and mm-hmm. like a weird thing for a TV channel to put their money behind. Mm-hmm. And nowadays 
that's what we watch is they're just mini series. Yeah. We're watching mini series. They get renewed. Yeah. 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 Like anthology shows or, um, yeah, like short stories that keep getting told. I mean, Sherlock is one of my favorite things of ever. Yes. Like just exactly that. But anyway, yeah. Tangent, but. No, tangent, but I think a meaningful one. And it kind of informs like, you know, I think if you're going to talk about sitcom, like you have to know the rules about like how it gets written that way. Yeah. And I think that's very important that like they only get to tell the story that's afforded to them and it can paint the characters in weird broad strokes that don't necessarily reflect where people are as a culture. Sure. So. I think it's all very valid. To answer your question though, I don't (laughs) think that any, in this exact cultural moment, there's not a screenwriter in Hollywood who wants to write a character like Barney Simpson. No. Not no. as a not as yeah. a good guy. Not as a hero. Yeah, yeah, he would maybe be the same person who was like actually very woefully not good at the thing that he wanted to do. Also, and I like him as an actor, but we do know that like in this day and age, he would be played by Jason Manzukis, right? Oh my god! Oh, oh my, my god! god. He's totally yeah. Jason Manzukis. You know, you know who he? Jason you know who he? That's what I'm saying. Is it? Yeah, but is that our? Oh, it could be. You know what I mean? Uh, it's. But it's like, like a, a workplace. workplace. Yeah. You guys should get married. But like, do uh, you know, interesting point, do you know who almost got hired as Barney Stinson? Jason Manzoukas? No, Josh Gad. Oh. Yeah. Wait, Josh Josh Gad? Yeah. There's like a weird, like, I think there's like. Josh Gad, Olaf the snowman, Josh Gad. Yeah. The very one. <laughs> Sorry. The I could, very it Josh Gad. It took me Gad. like way too long to remember who that was. I think that'd be weird. It was really weird. I think there's like some like proto pilot stuff hmm. with like him screen testing with a collection of other actors. Mm, weird. Yeah. Um, so this sort of leads us. No, it doesn't at all. Here's a segue. Let's talk about this. what we're talking what about. What we're talking about. Um, so why don't we sum up the plot of like generally of the show and Zoom then of this more. like specific? It's a set of episodes we're talking about. It's really only like two or three. Yeah. Okay. Um. Do so you- writ large, How I Met Your Mother is about one uh, hopeless romantics retelling of the path towards meeting his wife. To his children. And somehow he still doesn't make himself look very good. No. Yeah. And he tells his children some terrible stories and he has a weird, different voice in the future. But other than that. Yeah, he grows up and turns into <laughs> Bob um, Yeah, he turns into Danny Tanner. <laughs> the whole plan made a lot more sense in 2005, I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> but like, um, uh, so that's the story writ large. And uh, of course, the whole thing is filled with supporting characters and his near personal life, including his best friend and his fiance uh, turned wife. wife. Um, so Jason Siegel is his best do. friend. Yes. yes. Marshall Erickson is Ted's best friend. I thought Barney was his best friend. They're, it's like a triumvirate. They're kind of, yeah, co, but technically Marshall is his closest. And actually Barney keeps trying to wean in on like, I'm oh. your best friend. He's like, Marshall's my best friend. <laughs> I'm your best friend. Marshall's my best friend. Oh, yeah. I see. But they're like college roommates and like uh, Marshall and Lily, his fiance then wife becomes uh they meet on like the first day of college and they become this inseparable trio of people who moved to new york together following college uh-uh. um in like season they do okay <laughs> three, three or four is it season three? three okay in season three uh marshall and lily are finally preparing to get married mm-hmm. and in the process of it they uh consider purchasing a house or a condo as well and it comes out that lily has cr- rippling amounts of credit card debt that she's been keeping a secret. I don't think you ever get a 
the a number? That's this episode? That's what that's we're, we're going to talk about today. Oh, I don't know. Welcome to the podcast. I never watched this episode. Yeah. Welcome we're going to the podcast, try to reverse pal. engineer. I need to, to watch the things that we're about to talk about <laughs> is really the solution to this problem. <laughs> we almost did. I'm so sorry that we it's did. It's okay. We got busy. I had an audiobook to do. Um, But yeah, so like you come to find out that she is kind, that she has a shopping addiction and has been racking up uh, exorbitant amounts of credit card debt. Oh, Lily, no. And then they deal with it. How'd she cover that up? That's a good question that I have a lot of questions about. Because they just have an apartment, right? I have numbers in terms of like the amounts, but. I don't get the sense they shared their finances that much. Well, sure, but how do you cover up what you bought? You don't. He just saw lots of stuff. I think the idea is that he's just somewhat oblivious. Aloof. And like, Aww. I will say, like, it's not like I track my what my wife buys. Like, and if she came home with a bunch of things and was like, oh, it was all on a really good sale, I'd just be like, okay, I trust you to be fiscally responsible. And like, I don't know what women's clothes cost. And like, I don't know brands. So if she was like, this is really on sale. You know, like, this is going to sound terrible. And I'm sure there's a huge difference. That you in trust your care. wife? No, no, no. But just like, <laughs> I can't tell that much of a difference between like a $200 dress and a $80 dress. And if like, it helps at all, I can't tell the difference between like a $100 suit and a $400 suit. So like, and I mean, I'm sure I could tell like a $2,000 or something, but like if she just came home and was like, oh, it was normally 200 it was on sale for 70 because I had some crazy discount, I'd be like, whatever. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Sounds great. Put it away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, my biggest issue would be if we ran out of closet space and... So far, we're okay. So, and we all know How the ongoing fight for space in the Wood household. <laughs> I really hope that made it into that episode. <laughs> if it didn't, the TLDR is board games. Demos more. Megan wants more space. <laughs> we'll get I rid get, of some of Megan's dresses and get some more board games. Listen, both sides are very compelling. <laughs> um, okay, so she's got a lot, but you don't know how much is just a staggering amount. You don't get like a you don't get a number, right? You kind of just see they go to get a mortgage. And Marshall's like, Ooh, oh, they don't talk about it before they talk to a mortgagey person. Yeah, I mean, they have some clear communication issues, but they go to get the mortgage, and Marshall's like, oh, I hope we get this rate and you know approved for this much, and they don't. Does she like sweat and get the nervous poops about talking to this guy? Because like, pretty much, I is, would. Yeah, she pretty much is freaking out ahead of time, and he Marshall thinks it's his law school debt because he's a lawyer, and he's like, ah, I'm so sorry, honey, I'm holding us back. I have this huge amount of law school debt. And the guy's like, no, it's this. And he, like, turns the screen around and you never see it. And then, you know, Marshall has a conniption fit or whatever. So. Oh, this is giving me hives. Go on. So what's the money, Dan? Yeah. The money. Yeah. So basically. So hold on a second. We're getting to the money. Ah, the sweet taste of money. (laughs) Hey. That's where money comes from. I bought this with money. It's also where money goes. Canned money. (laughs) Money comes in, money goes out. It's all beer in the end. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, I wanted to figure out how much is her credit card debt. Yeah. Um, and so I could have done this one of two ways, and I'll tell you the way I did it. Okay. This is how I did it. We really got to do clue. Wait, were you vamping? Oh, the clue. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's two ways I could have done this. In one way, it's estimate how long she'd been shopping for, figure out the average things she bought and like how much it was for and try to do all that sort of math. Sure. As you may have just guessed, 
when I just said, I don't know what anything women's clothing <laughs> costs. Did you get this big dizzy feeling when you thought about looking it up? I literally thought about doing that, and I was like, I'm just going to embarrass myself. I'm going to be like, it's this, and it's this, and then you times it by this, and somewhere there was going to be a bunch of women rolling their eyes like, you dumb, dumb idiot. Just this one right here. So I decided to play it to my strengths and go back into it financially. So you figured out what she spent in board games. I did, yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I figured out. No. So, long story short, you have something called your debt-to-income ratio, mm -hmm. which is basically just saying you have a certain amount of money coming in, and banks, what doing. governments, whatever, are only willing to lend you money up to a certain point. They feel like after a certain point, you won't be able to pay them back. So you're only allowed to spend X amount of your money on debt payments. Mm -hmm. That's like a big portion of your credit score, right? Yes and no. So your credit score, a big portion of it is how much credit card debt you have, but it's not of your income. It's relative to your limits. Oh, your limits, your utilization. Yeah, you want to keep your credit usage under 30% of your available limits across all your cards. Mm -hmm. So if you had like $3,000 cards, you don't want to use more than 1000 even if you have, you know, one card maxed out at 1000, that's okay. You just need to keep your total under 1000. But you could have a th all 3000 of that maxed out. It won't be great for your credit score, but your debt to income might still be okay if you have a $500,000 income, sure. right? Because that 3000 in debt is a very small the pay it's actually payment. It's monthly. So how much income you have coming in monthly versus how much is going out for debt payments. Mm -hmm. So that's what I could figure out. I could figure out what is their income. And what are their debt payments? And therefore, what is that? And what is their like debt to income allowed to be for a house? So, what does that mean? Lily's debt must be. Whoa. I can kind of fill it in that that way. That's as a an puzzle interesting case. backdoor way to go about it. That's what I'm good at. I'm not good at figuring out how <laughs> many dresses she costs? bought at X amount of years and da da da. Honestly, show, it's probably makeup. The show also doesn't give you many details of like, has she been buying stuff for a year or for five years? Or like, there's a lot of pieces it doesn't give you. So this is the most, I feel like, reliable way. For the show is also an unreliable narrator in yeah. that like, by virtue of being a story being told within the structure of the show itself, I feel like none of the imagery in the show is ever very reliable. Okay. Personally, as a viewer, that's how I always take it. Huh. So anyway. So... The first thing to do is... How much you make. Yeah, figure out their income. She's a school teacher? Yes, she's a kindergarten teacher, and I actually did this jointly. Because oh. presumably, when they're applying for the mortgage, even if they're not married, if you apply for a mortgage jointly, you're going to use your joint income. Sure, makes sense. Yeah. You can apply for a mortgage under only one person's income, um, but you're going to get harder, approved. Though. Well, it's not even harder. You just get approved for a lower amount. Oh, okay. Um, I guess that's kind of what i meant right yeah, yeah but some people do that if one person has a really bad credit score and the other person has a really good credit score if that person with the good credit score either has a really high income or at least enough to get the house they want then you could presumably apply under one sure but anyway so the number i came up with is one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. um so i looked up specifically in new york kindergarten teachers right now are making about sixty-eight thousand. good for them yeah um, which was about it's not enough in New York. <laughs> not for the cost of living, no. <laughs> which Move was about fifty nine thousand in two thousand and seven. Okay, just deflated back. Lawyers in New York. This was pretty all over the place. I used the fiftieth percentile um, 
as opposed to the mean. So the mean's a little higher, but Marshall, I think at the time, is an environmental lawyer. Sounds like a not And they talk about how, like, he could... I think in this time, he's thinking about going to that, like... The SCSI corporate law, the bank that he works for, yeah. yeah. Or not even the bank. I think it's the... Remember the guy from Harold and Kumar? Oh, that thing. Harold. Harold, John Cho. Kumar. Yeah. like yeah, he is. Uh, he's like offering him some like defend our like, oh, corporate clients. And he, he takes him out for like for like that's fed by Colby beef or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the point is, Marshall's not making much as Wait, an environmental lawyer. I'm so sorry. I have to do a, a very totally unrelated aside. Um, this the last time, maybe the time before we were at the grocery store, uh, I sent Damon off to go get something while I was. <laughs> picking out vegetables and I turn around to see where he's at and he's across the grocery store at the lobster tank just staring at them and I could just see the back of him and he's just looking at them and he shakes his head and he shrugs and then he turns around and walks towards me and I was like what what was that about and what did you say they're like I don't know they just look like they're they're fighting it was I I was in the lobster tank at the grocery store it's incredibly sad I agree with that yeah. it's just like it's just like a oldest man thing to do. <laughs> no, it's just like, I don't know, it's like a Russian novel, like, acting out <laughs> in, like, right six square meat. feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, anyway, sorry. So he feeds him raw. Yeah, so, like, fed he's, by getting, Kobe beef. he's getting offered a really high-paying job, which presumably means to me that he's not, like, and he talks about how, like, he's doing this for passion and not for, like, a huge amount of money. So... I looked at the 50th percentile in New York is 140K. Oh, that's a fair oh, yeah, amount. I mean, it's still, yeah. you're doing okay. But again, it's New York. So at the time, it would be 121, basically. Sure. Okay. So add those together. It's about 60 for Lily and about 120 for him. You get just a little over 180,000. $180,200. I'll take it. So there you go. Which means their monthly income, gross, which is what most of these things are calculated on, is 6000 $458 a month. Chill. Yeah. Now, again, that's before taxes and a lot of other things, but like... And in New York. <laughs> yeah. Right. I saw something somewhere that has nothing to do with this because it didn't matter, but suggesting that that apartment that the three of them were in would be 3000 a month for a two-bed, one-bath, um, which, <sighs> yeah, New York. New York. But anyway, so let's say they bring home 6500 So the FHA, which is the Federal Housing Administration which is where a lot of first-time homebuyers get their mortgages, and you don't have to through the FHA, but a lot of them get it through there, um, have some rules about like how much you have to put down and what your this, that, and the other thing is. Um, so what's allowed is your back-end ratio, which basically just means all your debt. So there's a front-end ratio, which basically just means how, what portion of your debt is allowed to be for housing costs, your mortgage, uh, your property taxes, your homeowner's insurance, that sort of stuff. And then there's your back-end ratio, which is what is allowed... This sounds very dirty, I realize. Liz yeah, is not looking at me like that, but no, it is. She's giving you a very innocent look because it all sounded like math, and then you said back-end ratio again, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. It's a pretty good back-end ratio you got there, baby. <laughs> anyway, your back-end ratio is all of your debt. So not only your mortgage, your homeowners, and your all that, but it's also your student loans, your credit cards, your car payment, everything. And that is, at least right now, 43% or less of your income, your gross income for okay. the FHA. Okay. A lot of times it's actually lower. A lot of banks have a lower rate, but we're going to go with the FHA. And you can get it approved up to 50 under certain circumstances, but we're going to go again with 43%. Sounds risky. Uh, I 
I I think so, but I'm a conservative person who's also a financial coach by trade. So, you know, you do you, everybody. <laughs> so, um, oh no, I totally lied to you. I'm so so sorry. Gross. So 180,000 would be their income, which means 15,000 would be their monthly take home. Oh, that makes oh, okay. a lot more sense. That's so a- that 6,000, 6,500 would be that 43 percent. Their debt to income ratio would be their max debt, debt to income ratio. Okay. So sorry, wait, I wait, okay. did this wrong. So 180,000 is what they make per year. Mm-hmm. Which means 15 grand a month is what they bring home gross. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, pre-taxes, pre-everything else, sure. which makes a lot more sense math-wise. Sorry everybody who's freaking out there. <laughs> which means if only 43% of that, only, 43% of that is allowed to be debt payments. Mm-hmm. That means $6500 a month is allowed to be debt payment. Uh-oh. Does that uh-oh. make sense? Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> Now, not all of that is going to be Lily's credit cards. No, because Marshall has lost Student loans. Right. Okay. So that's the next thing I looked up. And I basically just did it now. I didn't uh, deflate it back because, you know, student loans have been growing faster than the normal inflation rate. But right now, Columbia, give or take all in, is about $70,000 a year. Huh. Um. For their law school. And he goes to law school. Sure. And then I think I assumed how many years for law school? I think I assumed three. That sounds right. Seems right. Yep. yep. So three years for law school, about $70,000. So he winds up with $200,000 of student loans. <gasps> yeah, a lot of student loans. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. No, potentially, probably, he would have gotten some sort of scholarship and this, that, and the other thing. But again. Sure. We're just saying. What we know, he went to Columbia for three years. It's $200,000 in student loans. (sighs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I do not have $200,000 in student loans, and I still hate the amount that I have. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. (laughs) This episode's going to give me the cold sweats. (laughs) So I assumed they're all federal, which probably isn't correct at that level of student loans, but let's assume they're all federal. Makes the nice sense. thing is the government is pretty flexible in how you repay your student loans. Um, so there's a bunch of different... I don't know that. <laughs> I think someone said a word that sounded a little bit like a certain lady's first name. <laughs> I don't know if the podcast heard that. What did I say that sounded like I think that? think it was flexible. <laughs> Oh. Because at the same time, I said something that started with an A. Don't remember what. A flexible. <laughs> no, you can't nope. force it. You it's can't a, force it's it. magic that you can't repeat. It's a natural. A natural flexible. Effect. So that all being said. Anyway, the government. So federal student loans. The government is pretty loosey-goosey on how you play your, pay your student loans. And if she had reacted to that one, I would have stood up and gotten out of your house. <laughs> 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 She's listening. It's too much. It's too little. Um, and so I looked up. Actually, there's a great calculator for anybody who is interested. This is a not real financial advice, but, you know. It's a resource. On st- yeah, it isn't me. On studentaid.ed.gov, there's an awesome on the top right find, uh, calculator that lets that shows you your payments for all of your student loans under every different type of government plan, and there's like seven of them. Wow. Um, so you can play repay income-based, and you can play this, that. Anyway, point is... Um, under the pay slash repay plan, which basically means it would be capped at his income, well, their income if they're filing jointly, 
um, he would only, only, I mean, this is a huge number, but he would only have to pay about $1,300 a month. <laughs> I mean, I know oh that's God. crazy, but remember, I know. they're bringing home he's, fifteen grand a month. He's doing fine. But yeah. like, oh my God, that's like, so that's almost three times our rent. <laughs> anyway, $1,300 is what I have uh, for his student loan payments under that repay program. $1,300. No, pay his take-home pay is, okay, his, his. I was about to say, is that three times your rent? It is Because I is will like, move into this place. It's less than two times our rent, which makes me feel better. <laughs> I was about to say, because if you're paying like $400 in rent. Well, split, kind of. Well, Split, okay, but... Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, we're getting a cheap deal on this apartment. Yeah, that's a good deal for this apartment. Anyway. It's falling apart is the, why. The audience can't see. The audience, <laughs> you can't see this apartment, but it is made of marzipan and dreams. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, so if they have... If 60... Again, $6,458.34 specifically is what they have to pay for debts... And they have $1,299 for Marshall student loans. That all makes sense? Yes. Yeah. So what they have to spend for a house is $5,159.34. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> I just feel so badly for her. So here's the deal. Here's where we have to get into some speculation. Mm-hmm. And I can on the fly do the math for you as we go along if you want to ask me things. Okay. This could be kind of a fun game. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much house they're applying for. So we can't really know for sure how much your credit card debt is. Sure. Because, you know, they have $5,000-ish of leeway uh-huh. on their of debt to, debt incur. to income ratio, yeah. right? So if they applied for all 5000 any credit card debt would potentially disqualify them, right? Right. Yeah. But if they were only applying for a mortgage of 2000 then she'd need significantly more to, like, disqualify them. Do you Is know what I'm saying? any chance that you reverse engineered what that apartment may cost? I didn't because I couldn't find... I could find... That's why I found that thing about what their apartment cost. I just couldn't find anything about the place they bought. They bought. Because they just totally made up a neighborhood. Okay. They triangulate like the main apartment near a subway station and near a few streets so you can know what neighborhood they're in and you can kind of back into that. But the Doise Tripla place, which is the place they're buying, is just... Made up. Pulled out of the gods thin air. But it's a place in New York City proper? We don't. Well, I mean, yes, it's implied. It's implied. Yeah, yeah but okay. we like we don't know. But I, I, I mean, I did more triangulating than who the hell knows. Go on. <laughs> so I did calculate if every dollar, like if they couldn't apply for any house, if all five thousand dollars was taken up with Lily's credit card debt. Okay. So fun fact. <laughs> You're both so nervous, so I'm just going to string you along. Good Lord. Um, there's a really cool tool. You have to add the data um, tab to Excel. You have to add the solver package. This is a whole 
for nerds. <laughs> Give me it. There's certain Excel things that it can do by definition. If you go into your advanced options, you can add certain packages that do cool things. <laughs> cool um, in quotes here. <laughs> uh, it's cool for Dan. I think it's pretty cool. Under <laughs> the data package, you can add in data tools, and there's a what-if analysis that has a goal-seek, which basically means you just say, make this cell equal this value by changing these variables. It's real fun. I have a feeling that Damon's going to be downloading some things later today. <laughs> you don't even have to download it. It's built into Excel. You just have to add it to you your You just ribbon. have to turn it on. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Damn. Anywho. You've opened up a whole new world. <laughs> Go new on. He's like... Fantastic point of view? Yep. Got it. I think I, that was the next one. <laughs> I don't line. think we can pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Damon's leaning in to see what you've done. I know. He's, he's checking this my math. This is interested, dude. <laughs> so if you assume her interest rate is 16.15%, which is the U.S. average. Okay. Um, a lot of times it's higher. A lot of times it's lower because there's zero percent cards and everything. But like sixteen point one five percent is her is the average. So let's assume that. Then you have to assume certain cards make you pay certain amounts. So some people make you pay one percent of interest or one percent of your balance plus interest. Some two percent. Some three percent. So I just chose two percent. So basically, her card would be her interest fees, which is that sixteen point one five percent. And 2% of her principal. And then I just basically said, okay, make the payment based on those two things, $5,159.34 oh based on a principal. It's going to be so high. So if every single piece of that space was taken up by credit card debt, uh-huh. her credit card debt would be $154,000 uh, basically. Oh $154,201.94. That's a modest house. <laughs> Not in New York. <laughs> Not in New York. In New York, that's a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then on the other hand, if they were trying to buy a house for a full 500 and... Or, uh, sorry, a house that has a, a payment, and I didn't include... Oh, no, I did. I included... <laughs> look at me. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I included homeowners and HOA and PMI, and, and I pulled HOA based on an average New York rate and all that sort of stuff, and I chose a 5% interest rate, which is probably very generous given her credit card debt, but that's just what I picked. Nope, I didn't know that going in. Um, yeah, they didn't. But if you wanted to get a house monthly payment of $5,159.34, you need to be buying a house worth $742,410. Oh, my gosh. Wow, credit card debt really slows you down, don't yeah, it? Yeah, when you're paying 16% interest versus 5% interest... It'll make a difference. It'll make a whole mm-hmm. lot of difference, which is why credit card debt is evil, and if you can, don't have it. Don't have it. Oh, Now, she can only... So here's the thing, though. You can... There's limits on your HF, FHA loans. They only let you borrow certain amounts. Even if you have a great income, you can only borrow certain amounts. Sure. And so the limit I found is $679,640. Okay. Is like the most you're allowed to borrow. Okay. So if you were to buy that much house, your payment would be $4,771. Okay. Which would leave... Only about $380 for Lily's credit card debt. You're never going to put a dent in Because it would be, I mean, it'd be $6,500 is their total what they're allowed. $1,300 of that would be taken out by Marshalls. They're buying the top of the line, like the highest FHA loan that they're allowed to buy is $4,700, which means 
she couldn't have more than 300 like once she got over 388 dollars is when they would start having problems with mm-hmm. their debt to income so if her credit card minimum or payment is 388 dollars 387 and 88 cents that amount of credit card debt is quote unquote only eleven thousand six hundred dollars steep steep a lot less bone shatteringly well scary. especially if your income is 180,000 like no big. I, I don't want to say that's no big because it's a huge deal but you but can like handle, that's a goal to cross off before you buy a house yeah you yes. could you could handle that you rent for another year and easily it, yeah. yeah if you rent for another year maybe even you rent something a little bit more reasonable or move a little further out or whatever and you could you could crush that in a year pretty i don't want to say easily but like that's not a huge not savings horrible. rate yeah like what did they do in the show? How did they get around this horrible debt? Does he divorce her and they live unhappily <laughs> no. separate houses? No, they like in the sell show, some of he, her. They sell some of her stuff, but uh, in order to get the loan, he incurs the entire. Uh, he it's mortgage. his name on the mortgage. It's right. his mortgage then, Aww. which would change the numbers on what. On the math on what kind of house they're able to buy because his debt to income ratio would be different. Right, exactly. So actually, hold on. We'll just do it right now. Oh, live math, everyone. Yeah, hold on, everybody. Thanks for the best podcasting. Yeah, if he makes 120, he could only have... Oh, I need to divide that by 12, don't I? If he makes 120 a year, that means he's bringing home about 10,000. Obviously, that makes the math pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Which means he could only have about forty three hundred in debt payment. Debt payment because forty three percent for right. So if you take out his thirteen hundred for student loans, that's about three thousand that he could afford to borrow. So if we wanted to make the house payment, this is the way the what if analysis comes in so good. He guys. So if we wanted to make the house payment. <laughs> $3,042.94. Damon leans in to watch the magic happen. By changing the principal, he would be buying a house of 400000 Oh, that's like... $399,969.02. That's not as much at all. No. But they're applying for the same house. So they get that house in the end? So in other words, that house must have been... Uh, I mean, like, that must be the value for the house. Right. So if he's able to buy it on his own. Right. So right. let's say it's $400,000. So that would make the payment, you know, that $3,040. So if the house is $3,040, that means Lily's credit card debt on their joint income would have to be... Oh, no. No more than $2,119. So let's find out. A month. Yeah, payment per month. Okay. So let's find out if your payment was $2,119.34, what would your balance be? $63,342,000. That seems... Right in line with the amount of outrage that occurs in the episode. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the, like, let's step back from all this fun math that we just did on the fly, which 
Can I take a moment to say I'm pretty proud of doing that that quickly? <laughs> Congratulations. You do a great job. Thank you. I'll put this spreadsheet in the thing and everybody can play with it. But yeah, 63,000, I agree, sounds about right for the amount of outrage in the show. I'm guessing it has to be lower than that. Only because having worked with a lot of people, I don't think the credit card companies would let her take out that much debt. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like the only just based on her because she's basically borrowing her income. Right. Like and Marshall would yeah. be alerted in theory. I mean, this is back in the day, and maybe he's not good at checking his credit, but in theory, he'd be alerted if she was applying with both of like a, for a joint thing. Sure. Oh. So it's supposedly it's just in her name in theory. Man, I would hope she would not be like. I mean, Crappily she could be. addicted enough to... She could be. But in theory, right, she's applying just in her name because otherwise he'd get some sort of, you know, alert. So if that's the case, her income's only 59K. So the only way I could see her swinging above her income in credit card debt is if she had great credit for a very long time and got more and more cards and upped their limits more and more and basically had a ton of dry powder. She had, like, 60 70k of credit limit that she wasn't borrowing used. much at all just you know your basic day-to-day living expenses and then just went and racked it all up so lily would be capped uh so yeah, the like only unless, way unless she had a bunch of dry powder that she used all at once more likely yeah she might max out a card and they might still increase it because i mean again credit cards make money when you have a lot of debt so like they want to get you as hooked as they can but not so much that you file bankruptcy, right? Because then they right. lose out. They lose. So in theory, um, I would guess just gut reaction. She probably has something like 25 to 30. Okay. Just from what I've seen, working with a lot of people, it's a really high amount. It's a really big struggle. It's going to affect your ability to get a house. But it's a little more reasonable. They might let you get into a third to a half of your income, depending on how things go and everything else. But they're not going to offer you like, hey, you'll get into $400,000 of credit card debt if you have a $60,000 income because you'll just file bankruptcy and... We'll never see I mean, it'll, it'll ruin yeah. your credit, yeah. but like, so it's you were better do that than anyway. trying to pay off $400,000 of credit card debt, right? Like, right. you'll just move on with your life. Does so. it? Do they talk about whether or not this was a like thing that she's always been doing or something that came up recently because of stress or something? I think it's something... They allude to the beginning of it. It's hard for me to recall right now. Yeah, I think they say it's been going on for a while, but not forever. Okay. Yeah. They kind of make light of it, but they do a decent job of talking about how the fact that it's like it's more of a depression issue than it is like a spending issue. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't, she's yeah. sad, she, There's, doesn't, she feels bad, and so she spends a lot of money. Like yeah. she shops to make her feel better. Yeah, it's definitely like, it is definitely like the endorphin release of purchasing something yeah. that she's chasing more than the things themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, Lily. Yeah. But the good news is, New York is a community property state, so if she did file for bankruptcy, uh, they could go after any assets that are joint, like if they have joint bank accounts, but generally anything that wasn't taken out in his name is not going to be his responsibility. So she could file bankruptcy and not affect him. Right. Now, again, if it's 11000 or even thirty at 180, like that dollars that's not going to be done quickly. No. But you could... You could feasibly you could do live it. live lean and, and figure it. it out. Yeah. yeah. 
But again, she could also file bankruptcy, and because it's community property, they'll go out, they'll wreck her. But then he could apply on his income, his credit, and as long as they don't have joint assets, which clearly it seems like if they have any joint assets, it's not many. No, yeah. Um, they would, he would be okay. But if you <sighs> live in a communal property, then you're fucked. You're boned. So I feel like though we don't give real financial advice. I think we could maybe give real relationship advice and sit down with your partner and talk about money a little bit. Get a nice idea of where you're both at so that you can like appropriately be helpful to each other and also not get buried like that. Even if things are going great, you should sit down once a month with your partner and talk through money. Because really, not because money's that important. It is important, but it's not that important. It's because it's priorities, right? Like, do you want to buy, do you want to live really lean and buy six rental properties? Do I want to take six international vacations a year? Like, that has nothing to do with money, but it yet has everything to do with money. Right. Right? It's just yeah. two different, very different lifestyles based on how we want to spend our money. So, like, ground on your priorities, Decide how you want to spend your money together, and then just make sure you're both doing it, right? Like, did you both agree that you're going to save up for this big vacation and only one person is doing it? Well, either one person needs help or one person, you you quote-unquote both agreed, but one person doesn't actually value it as much as the other, and they're just, their behavior showing it even if their words aren't, right? So it's like... Yeah. Just it's a good barometer for your relationship and, and like a good way to practice being honest with each other and like... Also, money's... Showing it, vulnerability, too. Yeah, showing vulnerability. And money is a difficult thing to talk about with somebody uh, in general. So, like, taking that stigma off your back for talking with your partner feels like a good first step. It's a How good muscle to flex. did they not wind up... Did they, like, get into, like, couples counseling after this? Did they... They don't really just, talk Were they okay? This is, like, a two-episode arc. Yeah. This is it. She like, goes to like, like you, nowadays. See, there's a difference too. If they made this show nowadays, they would be like almost on the brink of divorce for a season. Like four episodes later, he's making her sell some of her things to like pay down some of it. And she like, goes to like a Shoppers Anonymous. Yeah, and they like meeting or something. It. But it's like it's 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 not it's minimal. Super well, but more played for laughs than. Not yeah, even played for laughs. It's just not like really solidly developed. I think this is an epi- an a thing where screenwriters got a little afraid of the money parts and embarrassing themselves for not like quite knowing how long it should take them and what they should be doing and everything else. And so they just kind of like wave handed like <laughs> these hey, are not the debts to, you're looking I mean, for. Yeah, I mean, like Marshall <laughs> says a couple of times, we have to spend less money so we can pay down this debt, and they like use that as a few excuses for them to like not go on a trip someone else goes on or something. But they don't really quantify or qualify any of that Okay. much. Okay. Plus it's network television and they move on to a different arc pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, four, well, four episodes later, you know, Barney has some crazy girlfriend and then they're off on that or whatever. I imagine this is also in like the era of television where nobody really wanted to be bummed out by the real world stuff so much. You're talking about like <laughs> if our timeline is right, this whole story arc is happening on the cusp of the financial crisis. Yeah, I, I did have that thought where I was like, no matter what they bought this house for, it's 2000. Literally, this episode aired in 2007. Shit. So they're boned. Yeah, they're boned. Yeah. Like, I mean, they are majorly boned. Ooh, barf. <laughs> Ooh. Don't give me that. I'm about to buy a house and 
markets are at historic highs and they dropped 300 points today. So I don't want to. <laughs> I don't, don't want to talk about it. Ugh. I'm sure things will be great. This is gonna be fine. I won't die horribly in in the gutter, right? Yeah. <laughs> Flop house in Duluth. <laughs> <laughs> living in a van down by the river, living off government cheese. <laughs> All of that made my heart hurt real hard. Uh, yeah, normally I'm like, oh, it's fun to find out. And <laughs> I just feel bad now. I'm like, she has somewhere between $11,000 and $150,000 in credit card debt. No oh God. Very high numbers both. Um, yeah, I feel like, wow, what a thing to wind up glossing over. I just keep thinking about how that would be handled today, and it definitely wouldn't be a thing that they like. Unless it was a classic sitcom style again. Oh my gosh, I said unless. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, if the podcast people can't hear that it's going, like the um, helper robot is going off, oh, have an they're going to think that we're just in, totally insane. <laughs> we're going to throw it in the bathroom from here on out. Yeah. But not always because I don't want it to listen to you while I pee. <laughs> so I think the answer here is, is that all the electronics off. go no. in. You can't. Um, all the electronics. It has to be. I don't like interacting with it. It makes me nervous. <laughs> all the electronics go in the bedroom, and the cat definitely does not go the in the bedroom. The cat does not go in the bedroom because he likes to revenge pee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, too many valuable things in the bedroom for That's him to revenge That's another thing pee. to not do in your relationship. By revenge the way. pee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're learning a lot about how to you handle know, an adult relationship. You, today. Uh, you manage your marriage, and we'll manage ours. <laughs> I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm Damn just saying. <laughs> Fifty percent of divorces are money, so I feel like I know what I'm talking about. And the other fifty percent, I haven't pee. looked at, but I assume it's revenge pee. Yeah, Damon, don't literally air our dirty laundry <laughs> on this podcast. Do we have any more comments about credit card debt, how I met your mother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Buying a house in 2007. Don't do that. Go back in time and get a bitcoin. <laughs> You're about five years from being able to purchase a Bitcoin in yeah. 2007. So. Don't buy a house, do buy a Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I'm not certain when it became available. You can start our outros and I'll tell you in the after show. Okay. Um, this has been Make Believe Money. Uh, I'm Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. Uh, thanks, as always, to our composer, Charlie Miller, for the music and title stuff. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice and give us a nice, sweet old review and let people know what you think about us. Tell a whole bunch of people that don't know us about the fun that you have listening to us. <laughs> Panic about money. <laughs> um, and you know what? Talk to your partner. Sit down maybe at the first of the month and just go over where you're at with your finances. I'm assuming that you're, you know, in a partnership close enough to do that kind of thing with, but like, you know, get comfy, sit down, have a glass of wine, talk about money. What's the scoop, Dan? Oh, I thought we were going to like buy. And then I was going to say it after. Oh, you want me to buy? I have nothing buy. to say it afterwards. <laughs> buy. <laughs> January 2009. First Bitcoin. Oh. Buy your Bitcoin then. And not now. Goodbye. Okay,